This episode of the Building a Story Brand podcast is brought to you by 5-Minute Marketing Makeover. If you need to clarify your message so that customers understand exactly what you offer and why they need it, go to 5MinuteMarketingMakeover.com. And here's the deal. It's free. It costs you nothing. Just go to 5MinuteMarketingMakeover.com. Also brought to you by StoryBrand.com. We have a live marketing workshop in Nashville, Tennessee. Most business leaders struggle to talk about what they do. At StoryBrand, we've created a communication framework that helps people clarify their message so their business starts growing again. We can help you clarify your message. Register at StoryBrand.com. Welcome to episode two of season two of Building a Story Brand Podcast. JJ. Hello. How are you? I'm fantastic. How are you? I'm I'm just wonderful. And I'm partly I'm wonderful because I smell in my nostrils <laughs> chicken. <laughs> I'm sorry. I should have taken a shower. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what no. I'm talking oh, about. No? no? I'm talking about the, our guest today. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. David Salyers, uh-huh. who's the vice president of marketing of a multi-billion dollar franchise uh-huh. of chicken restaurants that yeah. we all know and love. <laughs> Talking about Chick-fil-A. Yes. Eat more chicken. He, he's the one who came up with the cows. Did you know that? No, I did not. Well, he and a company, I think they're in Dallas, came yeah. up with the cows together. And he's been guiding the cows for a long time. <laughs> he told I me want once, that on my business card. Guiding the cows for a long time. <laughs> he t- the cows are a genius campaign. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they, they do position themselves as the guide mm-hmm. to the hero customer on how they can eat lunch. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he told me once that the cows are actually... I think they're eight-year-old boys. They have the persona of eight-year-old boys. They don't spell. Oh, in the commercials. In the commercials, in the in the billboards, all that kind of stuff. Oh, but I thought that's really cute. Yeah. You know, that's really cute. Anyway, David is a genius, and I don't want to delay this any longer. Yeah, yeah. He's going to talk about how to add value mm-hmm. for your customers, and here's the question that he's really answering. A ton of story brand listeners want to know. How can I charge more for my products? Or how can I explain why I charge what I charge for my products? And, you know, Chick-fil-A has this mentality of their their products are pretty economically priced, but they don't do a bunch of sales and dollar burgers and all that kind of stuff. They actually add value so that you understand when you're paying, and maybe a little more for your chicken sandwich, you're getting a lot more for your money. It's a yeah. different mentality. It's more than just about the food. It's when you walk in the door, what value are you getting when you walk through that door? And they've been so creative about finding ways that just up the value of the experience. Yep. And that doesn't cost them any more. Like when you say thank you to them, what do they say? My pleasure. My pleasure, right? Yep. So they immediately, that doesn't cost them anything. And yet it, it ups just, the value of yeah, the customer's it experience. It made you feel like you got more for yep. your dollar. And they've been so creative about those kind of things. I mean, they've got this great product. And so they they do work on improving their product a little bit, but they're really, their focus is on the value of the experience. Yep. And the giant paradigm shift, you're going to catch it when David talks about it. The giant paradigm shift is most businesses try to extract money from their customer, yeah. and Chick-fil-A tries to offer value. value. It's totally different. Yep. And it sounds subtle, but when you get into David explaining it, this is going to make radical differences in the way that you do business. So we flew down to Atlanta, Georgia, yep. and got into a room with David Salyers, and he was, he was just lovely enough to give us a bit of his time. And without further ado, let's go back to Atlanta, Georgia, for this conversation that I got to have with David Salyers. Thank you. 
David, thanks for joining us. Yeah, what a joy it is to be with you, Donald. Man, I'm a big fan of Chick-fil-A. Well, you, that makes both of us. <laughs> you, so 33 years. You just shared with us 33 years. Yeah. Uh, it took you guys to get to a billion dollars. Yes. And then this last year, you increased value by a billion dollars yes. in one year. Added a billion in one year. And you guys, the goal was, if I'm not mistaken, I remember Dan Cathy announcing you, you guys hit 5.2 or something one year, mm-hmm. and you wanted to go to $10 billion yes, by, 2020. by 2020. And that's uh-huh. still the goal? Yes, sir. You're probably ahead of pace, aren't you? Oh, we are ahead of pace. <laughs> but uh, you know, we're not counting on anything yet. We're going to work hard to and reach that goal. I think everybody probably listening has heard Chick-fil-A. If you, you haven't, you're probably somewhere in Maine or Vermont or something. Mm-hmm. You guys sort of dominate the Delta, don't you? Mm-hmm. And well, we're in... Uh, New York City. Yeah. We're uh, closing in on being in uh, all the states that we want to be in. Yeah. In fact, by 2017, we expect to be looking in every state that we want to be in. Yeah. Well, I think part of the reason you guys grow, you know, we talk about StoryBrand, how customers have an external problem, an internal problem, and then it, there's a philosophical problem. And that's true in stories, and it's true in branding. You know, the external problem is, for the hero in a story, the bomb has to be disarmed. The internal problem is, he's wondering if he has what it takes. Right. And the philosophical problem is good versus evil. He's the good guy, and the evil mm-hmm. guy's trying to do something terrible. And the external problem at Chick-fil-A is uh, hunger. <laughs> you yeah. know, somebody needs lunch. Internal problem, though, is really interesting because here's a quick-serve restaurant that serves great food, but I think you guys do a fantastic job resolving the internal frustrations customers feel. You call them pain points or aggravation, yeah. these kinds of things. But you know, I asked my mother-in-law why she only takes her daughter. My, my uh, wife's family adopted a a little baby, and she's mm-hmm. three years old, and she only wants to take her to Chick-fil-A. She doesn't want to go anywhere else. And she said, it's the only place I can go without feeling bad about myself. <laughs> well, that's an internal <laughs> frustration. When you really pin down, well, why is that the case? Well, the restrooms are clean. The people actually look like they're happy to be working there. Mm-hmm. I think that's a big deal. Yeah. Can you speak to understanding the internal frustration of your customer and, yeah. and resolving that? Well, I think you have to go back almost like you what you started with. You have to go back to what is the fundamental purpose of a business? Mm-hmm. And in America, and particularly in our business schools, many times we've defined it as the purpose of a business is to create shareholder value. Right. Or the purpose of business is to maximize profitability. Well, both of those are true, but in my view, and I think in Chick-fil-A's view, it's an incomplete truth. Mm. And when we deal in incomplete truths, we sometimes, you know, have unintended consequences. Yeah. To me, the purpose of a business is not solely to create shareholder value, it's to create value for a customer. Yeah. And what most businesses do, if they fall in line with the principle, it's about creating shareholder value or maximizing profitability, they seek to extract value from their customers mm-hmm. instead of create value for their customers. Right. And there's an old adage that how we view things drives how we do things. Mm. So if we view it as an opportunity to extract value from a customer, we act one way. And if we view it as an opportunity to create value, for a customer, we do it another. And you'll appreciate this because of Story Brand, we think of our business as a platform to improve the lives of the people we serve. And that's our goal every day. Mm-hmm. And if we'll do that well, the financial end of it tends to take care of itself. Yeah. You you used the example earlier when we were talking, uh, you put a $20 bill across your forehead. You yeah. said most, a lot of companies, when they see a customer walk through the door, all they see is that money, and they're trying to get that money. Right. And you guys think about it differently, yeah. don't you? How do you think yeah. about it? Well, as you said, a lot of times in training, we'll put a $20 bill on our head and say, hey, if you go to most of our competitors, what have you been trained to do as it relates to this $20? And the people will say, well, I've been trained to grab as much as I can, put it in the register. 
It's like they're a human ATM machine right. designed to spit money across the counter. But in our world, we say, no, we're going to try and create as much value for the money you spend. And the, the problem is if you view it as an opportunity to extract value, then what you do for the customer is if they know you're trying to grab as much money, guess what their reaction is? They're going to want to keep as much money. And so we set business up as an adversarial relationship where there's a winner and there's a loser. And in fact, if that's the way you set it up, the smarter that business is, the worse it is for you. Mm -hmm. And so what we think about at Chick-fil-A is could we use our gray matter to create more value from you, not scheming up ways to take more from you? And if we'll do it that way, then the smarter we are and the better we do our job, the better it is for you. And so we your, wanna, your whole point when you sit down and say, how do we create more value? How do we create yeah, more value? How do we create more value today? In and fact, any smart consumer is going to go to you because that's the way you're thinking. Bingo. Yeah. Because what they want, what every customer wants is a great value. But value equals what you get divided by what you pay. Well, that goes into my next question. How yeah. do you create more value? Because you yeah. showed me a little grid. Yeah. Most people are, to create value for the customer, they're reducing how much their customer has yeah. to pay to create value. And you guys think about it differently. Yeah. Um, if value equals what you get divided by what you pay, then the easy way to create value is to reduce what you pay. And the reason mm-hmm. it's so easy is it doesn't take much effort, doesn't take much thought, and it works, doesn't it? I right, mean, yeah. you know, you cut things in half, people come in. And so, but it's an illusion in a sense, because uh, if you're charging a fair price, if you reduce what one person pays, guess what next person has to do? Mm-hmm. Pay more to make it work out. And so in, in an attempt to help create value for somebody by reducing what they pay, you actually end up having to extract values from someone else to make up that deficit. Right. But if we instead say, you know what, we're going to just charge a fair price every day, but we want customers to get increasing value, more and more value all the time. Then what you do is you focus on the numerator, the what you get side, Mm -hmm. not the what you pay side. And what we do uh, is we spend all of our time, thinking about how are customers going to get more and more value out of what they're already paying. Mm. And so almost all of our marketing, almost all of our development, we've got an 80,000 square foot innovation center. And if you were to come with me and see that innovation center, I could walk you through it. Every project in there is designed to create more value for what people are already paying. I'm not aware of one project in there designed to get people to pay one cent more than what they're already paying, but Mm. everything is designed to create more value. And you're, I mean, you're just reaping the rewards of that. Yes. So this isn't just a a theory. In practice, it works to grow a business. Yeah. Well, what our goal is every day, when we say we want to improve the stories for the people we do business with, Mm -hmm. what we really, we we translate that into a, a thing we call raving fans. We're trying to create raving fans. Right. And raving fans do three things. They're happy to pay full price. They come more often and they tell other people about us. That's the perfect customer. <laughs> yeah, it is the perfect customer. But here's the cool part about it. If you start with what's in it for the customer, what would it take, Donald, for you to be happy to pay full price? Mm. You know, that's a high bar. So we're setting a very high bar, high expectations for us to meet. What would it take for you to want to come more often? Well, that's another high bar for us to meet. And what would it take for you to tell other people you need to go do business with Chick-fil-A? That's a high bar. So he set some high bars for us to reach. But at the same time, if we're able to reach those bars and if we really stretch ourselves and we use our gray matter and our red matter to create, you know, more value, then let's look at the other side of that equation. If you have a customer who's happy to pay full price, comes more often, 
and tells other people, you've just created the most profitable customer in the history of the planet. Mm -hmm. Can you think of any behaviors that would be more profitable? Now, honestly, we don't start with the fact those are profitable behaviors Mm -hmm. because that would be an extract value mentality. It's the fruit, not the object. Our object is to be a company, be a product, be a brand that people are happy to pay full price. Now, probably everybody listening, if I were listening to this, I'd be thinking, well, how can I create more value in my products? Yes. And you guys definitely have valuable products, and we can go there. But you've actually found a way to add value that really don't have anything to do with the the chicken sandwich or the waffle fries or the milkshakes. You've found places where the common quick serve customer is aggravated. Yes. And you're seeking to reduce that aggregate. And so you're competing by reducing pain points of having to do or or having lunch at a quick serve restaurant. Can you talk about out of the box ways that you guys have reduced the aggravation that a customer experiences in order to create value? Well, philosophically, the way we think about it is we think about what is the biggest cost in any business? Well, mm-hmm. the biggest cost in our mind in any business is the amount of aggravation to do business with someone. Right. It's a customer cost. It's one of our costs. And so we always think about where are the pain points currently and how could we get rid of them? So as an example of something we're currently working on, when, we, when you walk into a Chick-fil-A restaurant right now, if it's really busy, the registers may be 10 people deep. And we, mm-hmm. we internally call it the mosh pit. You yep. know, It's just this massive humanity who has to wait in line to get their food and then find a table. And we said, wow, that's a big pain point. That's a big cost for customers to do business with us. What about if we could reduce that? So what we're working on right now is a, a technology that would enable you in the near future to be able to walk into Chick-fil-A sit down at a table, the food would be delivered and paid for without you ever having to take a credit card out or anything else. We would locate your table, we would deliver the food, charge it all through a mobile app uh, application that we're working on now. And and now you don't have to wait in line. And you know, and a you lot place of, your order five minutes before you get there. Exactly. Or, yeah. Pain reduced, problem solved, you know. Yeah. But here's the thing. The minute we solve that problem, another one pops up. So a great way to create value is to just study what are the current sources of aggravation yeah. in doing business with us, and how can I reduce those? And you, how you can talked I get earlier rid of those? about Amazon has done that. I don't have to get in my car and go somewhere and buy something. I can just click on my, even on my phone and order something. So they've reduced the aggravation of going and buying a product. And probably a great example that you mentioned would be Uber. Uber. So yeah. Uber takes down taxi cab companies by just making it so that you don't have to pick up kind a telephone. Kind of frictionless ability to do business. Yeah. And they're really not offering anything that wasn't in the market before. Yeah. They're offering a ride somewhere. Yeah. I'll tell you another one that we're working on. One of our operators came up with many, Most of our best ideas come from our operators. An operator noticed one day that for a mom with kids in the car, There's a lot of pain in terms of having to come in, stand in line, order while the kids are, you know, find a seat, all that stuff. So one of the the operators said, what about if we created a mom valet Hmm. where you come through the drive-thru, place your order, but then we deliver all the food. We get a table set up. So you come through the drive-thru. You don't have to have your kids, you know, out. You come through the drive-thru, place the order, then go sit down and the food's ready for you. And they literally can place the order through the drive-thru and come in and sit down and we'll have the table waiting. So there's an example of reducing the aggravation that a mom feels and the pain that a mom feels in trying to go to a busy fast food place with a lot of kids in tow. Everything that you've said so far speaks to this main paradigm shift that we teach at StoryBrand, that that your customer is the hero of the story, not your brand. Yes. And the more customer-centric your thinking gets, the better you'll do. You know, Jim Collins talks about this in Good to Great. When you lose yourself 
in the story of your customers or in the story of something else that's outside of you, you're rewarded for it. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of businesses who are you know struggling just to make ends meet, they've got to make payroll this month. So you start thinking about how do I extract money from my customers? It takes a minute for you to say, no, you know what? That's not going to work. I need to think about everything from my customer's perspective. In terms of creating this kind of, of culture and teaching everybody how to do this stuff, you guys put a lot of influence on the way your actual employees interact. I mean, not just the owner-operators to the teams, uh, treating them like future leaders, but actually at Chick-fil-A headquarters. And I've been there many times. It's a very, very special place. Do you guys intentionally try to do something with your culture to make it uh, stand out? We believe corporately that culture is the ultimate competitive advantage. Hmm. It's interesting if you think about it, a product can be reverse engineered in a laboratory somewhere. You know, somebody really wanted to, they could reverse engineer the Chick-fil-A sandwich. And right. so many things can be imitated. Mm-hmm. But a culture is one of the hardest things to create. And that's what makes it such a competitive advantage. But if you're going to create a remarkable culture, which is what we try and do, then you got to have a clear picture of what that looks like. And our clear picture is this, a place where people believe the best in each other, mm. So they want the best for each other and expect the best from each Mm, other. So let's unpack that for just a second. You know, I don't know if you played any sports growing up, but a lot of people played sports. When you think about sports and that, that winning team, you know, when I use that definition, everybody says, yes, that was the championship team I was on. We believed in each other. We wanted something for each other. And we expected the best from each other. When I think about families, you know, I don't know what kind of family, you know, you grew up in or anyone grew up in, but regardless of what you did grow up with, wouldn't you have loved to have been in a family where people believe the best in each other? Your parents wanted the best for you Mm. and expected the best from you. But when it comes to business, it's interesting. We kind of get it backwards a little bit. Generally in business, we expect the best from you, and we're really clear on what that looks like. And it's called a job description. Right. And we, you know, we can lay out exactly what we expect from you, and in exchange for that, you're going to get a paycheck. But the problem with that is you're never really going to get people's best unless they feel believed in mm-hmm. and they feel like you want something for them. So what I tell people when I hire them at Chick-fil-A is I say, If the least important thing you ever get from Chick-fil-A is a paycheck, I've done my job well. Mm. I want you to get huge paychecks, lots of paychecks, ever-increasing size paychecks. I just want that to be the least important thing. And if it's the least important thing, what that means is you really got to believe in that person. And you got to have a long list of what you want for that person. And if you'll do those two things well, you now have the moral authority to expect the best from them. And this goes right back into creating value rather than extracting it, exactly. not just from your customers, but from your team. Bingo. How do I create value for Bingo. these guys working here? Exactly. Oh, so great. we should view the platform of business as an opportunity to believe in people and let people do things you know, that are important to them in the context yeah. of the business. Yeah. Well, I also want to, I think I'd be robbing everybody listening if I didn't get into your next project. You've taken all these years of experience at Chick-fil-A, all these years of understanding real true customer service, and you've turned it into a curriculum and a book called Remarkable. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a great word that sums up a lot of the Chick-fil-A 
personality is remarkable, exceptional. I'm excited about this book. Can you tell us a little bit about what you're trying to to teach other business leaders through this book? Yes. Well, the way Remarkable came into existence is a few years ago, we were trying to come up with a new mission statement. And we'd been through lots of mission statements. And historically, all of our mission statements were generally time-constrained. They had like number, we're going to be a billion-dollar business by the year 2000. Whatever. And it was generally something that was measurable. And X to Y by when. Yeah, X to Y by when. <laughs> and, you know, and you'd know. But we said, you know what? We're going to try something different this time. What about if our mission was to be remarkable? It, it doesn't have a n- number attached to it, but could it be more motivational than a number? So a couple of years ago, we adopted that, and we've actually had the best three years in the history of Chick-fil-A since we adopted this mission. Wow. I want to be clear about the mission. Actually, the numbers have been better than when we had a numerical mission. Right. But I want to be clear. Be Remarkable is not about beat your chest, throw up your right, hands, right, right. look how great we are. It's not a self-aggrandizement mission. It's actually the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. It's how will we mark the lives of the people we serve mm-hmm. and how at the end of the day will we do something worth remarking about? Mm-hmm. See, what we've tried to do is redefine the business as a platform to make a difference in the lives of the people we serve. And so being remarkable is, again, not about self-aggrandizement. It's about impacting the lives of those we serve. And so since we adopted that, we use that as a filter for everything we're doing, you know, and will this mark the lives of the people we serve? Will people remark about what we're doing? And it's interesting. There's a quote that says, advertising is the tax we pay for a product or service that's unremarkable. Wow. Wow. And so if you think about it that way, then then I'm actually in the tax evasion business. Yeah. My job is to reduce the taxes we pay on advertising yeah. and make our and taxes so talking. low. We're going to get people talking about Chick-fil-A. So literally, as we think about our marketing, as we think about other things, we think, will this idea have people talking about it? Is it a significant enough idea? Will it impact them enough that they'll want to talk about it? And it's a totally different way to think about your business. What we're trying to do now is do things from a substance standpoint that really impact the lives of people we serve and then do things that are remarkable, especially in the world of social media. You know, this is the day and time where customers now own the communication channels. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can buy your way in on uh, one of the network channels, but you can also earn your way in on the social channels. And we think that's the smarter way to go. And so we're trying to do things that create so much value in people's lives that they want to talk about them. Yeah. Well, David, this has been unbelievably informative. Uh, the book is called Remarkable. It's mm-hmm. available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, even at your local bookstore. And if, you, if you're if you a fan of Chick-fil-A, if you like the way they do business, if you like what you've heard today, probably the best way I would say to influence your team with these ideas would be to pick up that book. Why not? Yeah, why not? <laughs> that would be remarkable. <laughs> and pass it around. Uh, man, I'm a huge fan. I love everything you've done. We could probably talk for another several hours. i got all sorts of questions about the Chick-fil-A cows, but maybe that's another episode of Building yeah. the Story Brand Podcast. Cool. Thanks so much for joining us. My pleasure. If you've been listening to the Building a Story Brand Podcast for a while, you're probably wondering what's next. You've probably sat around thinking, you know, I've got to bring my marketing into this next evolution. I've got to clean up the clutter and see a better response from customers. If you want to get started for free, just go to 5minutemarketingmakeover.com. You can either spell it out or use the number. doesn't matter. 5minutemarketingmakeover.com. I will give you three 
five minute videos that if you just execute what I say in those videos, you will definitely see results. It is the best place to start. Five minute marketing makeover.com. And now it's the segment of the Building a Story Brand podcast called How'd They Do It? And we actually call and talk to somebody who had a problem, went through Story Brand, and solved that problem and saw growth in their business. Yeah. JJ, this is one of my favorite businesses that we've worked with. I, I feel like I say that. that about every business we've worked with. <laughs> but I, I just fall in love with these yeah. little companies. And yeah. Beacon Wealth is not exactly a small company. Yeah, no, 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 no. No, they are amazing. And I actually give this website out to people in coaching calls at our live workshops and private workshop because they do such a good job of simplifying their message and showing the customer what yep. their life is going to look like after they've engaged. Yep. I love it. I love them and, and I love what they do. Yeah. And we're going to talk to Cassie Lehman in a second from Beacon Wealth. And Cassie, she will tell you that the problem that they had was they had way too much information on their website. Yep. Your website is probably your most important marketing tool. Now, it's, it may not be the thing that converts most people, but it, it helps spread word of mouth. It helps land the deal. It helps close the deal. If you do it wrong, you'll lose people. That's exactly. the biggest thing. If you do yeah, it wrong, no if you matter, confuse people, you lose the sale. I can't tell you how many business I hear about and then I go to their website and their website is just so clunky that it, it's like throwing water on, gasol yeah. on a gasoline <laughs> fire. It just doesn't work. One of the things that we say at StoryBrand is every piece of information you hand somebody on your website, it, like if you're handing them a piece of information about your business, you're basically handing them a bowling ball. And you can hand them one bowling ball and you can mm -hmm. hand them two and you might be able to hand them three. By the time you hand them the fourth, they're all gone, yeah. right? They're going <laughs> to yeah. drop them all. They've smashed toes. That's exactly what Beacon Wealth was doing. So here's a great company. The differentiator with Beacon Wealth is they're a financial advising company. So you go there to find a financial advisor, but their portfolio that they invest in aligns with sort of biblical Christian values. So you've got all these people who want to do they want to be smart purchasers, smart consumers. They don't want to support slave labor and all this kind of stuff. And Beacon Wealth goes through portfolios and gets rid of the companies that are not quite ethical or up to your standards so that your portfolio is really clean. That's an amazing differentiator. However, when I went to their old website, I didn't see that anywhere. Yeah. Or I saw too much of it in these long paragraphs that nobody, <laughs> nobody is yeah. reading that paragraph. Yeah. If I wanted to read something that long, I'd buy a book, right? <laughs> so you got to get to these primitive messages. And so we're going to talk to Kat about how they pared down that message, the changes yep. that they made to their website, and the difference. And I happen to know they saw a significant... Yep. She's not going to brag about it. They saw a big old six-figure difference <laughs> in some of the clients that they were getting because of their website. Uh, so without further ado, how'd they do it? We're going to go to Cassie Lehman at Beacon Wealth. We're going to give her a call, and she's going to tell us the changes that they made to start growing their business. Hello? Hey, Cassie, Don Miller with Building a Story Brand. How are you? Very good, Don. Thanks so much for calling. Absolutely. Well, JJ and I have been talking about Beacon Wealth, beaconwealth.com, and all that you guys do. And we know that you've seen some growth after clarifying your message. Well, I want to know what was hurting before. I mean, the reason you came to Story Brand is probably because you were confused about some stuff. What did life feel like before you went through the process? Well, we were not getting any kind of client engagement in our website. And when I looked into StoryBrand, you know, I understood the concept of, you know, how do you tell a story? But we certainly were not doing that. So we had this beautiful website. You know, people would say, oh, this is a great looking website. But there, you know, we were not getting clients from our website. We were not getting any kind of engagement. And so that's when we said, you know, we have to do 
something differently. And and story brand we were so lucky came into our lives. Yeah, and I remember you guys came through the live workshop in Nashville. There's about 40 other business leaders in the room, and right. I remember putting your website up on the giant screen and showing it to which everybody hates, but it's so effective, right? When we just go, right. hey, let's dissect this thing. And it was a beautiful website. And this is what we, we get this from a lot of our clients. Gorgeous website. Obviously, some money went into it. Um, but when you look at it from a stranger's perspective, didn't make mm-hmm. a whole lot of sense. Couldn't figure out what it is that I would need from you. But you guys offer this really differentiating service that if I choose you as my financial advisor or choose one of your financial advisors, you're committed to only investing in uh, a portfolio that that supports and aligns with my values, which is awesome. I just wasn't seeing that enough on the website. So you guys made some changes after you sort of understood that. And tell me, what changes did you make? Well, it became apparent, like you said, when you put that up on the screen, um, we had tons of content. It was very dense. It was hard to read. And I think before we were looking at it like we are specialists in this field and we have to show everyone how much we know about biblically responsible investing. So there were drill down pages and pages of information. (laughs) Yeah. It was so overwhelming. And one of the lessons that you taught us that was a huge shift for me is about how on a scale of one to 10, we are experts in our own business. We're a 10 and we know that. And so typically we will tell people, we'll scale it back to like an eight. Like I'm going to explain to you in simpler terms. And you said, no, you have to be at a one or a two. Yeah, we are, our understanding of our business is usually at 10 people buy between one and two. And usually yeah. when, when, when a company simplifies their message, they only simplify it to about six or seven. So they lose an enormous amount of sales. And that was a problem not only with you guys, but I would say with, a, with maybe even a majority of story brand clients, they're saying too much. I liken it, Cassie, to being on a first date. Do you remember when you were younger and you were dating? To <laughs> saying right? too much on the first date, to just like verbal puking all over your date about how you want kids <laughs> and you want to live in the suburbs and and there's no way to get to a second date. It took me a long time. I didn't get married till 42. So I had to figure out how to shut up and comb my hair. That was the only way I was good. <laughs> so it's kind of like that with our websites. We need to shut up and comb our hair and just try to make a good first impression. And you guys yeah. ch- made some changes. And, and tell me what happened after you made those changes when you clarified and simplified, especially Well, so one other thing that we had missed was we really didn't have a call to action. You know, there was no place to say, hey, I want to meet with you or I want to get more information. And again, those were things that we talked about in StoryBrand. It sounds so obvious, but Mm -hmm. we were not doing it. So we simplified our message. We changed, um, you know, we talked about in the workshop different ways to incorporate our StoryBrand, but we took a very simplified version of it, two or three sentences, and put that on our website. We have a place to request a meeting, and then we have a place to get a special report when people are ready for some more information. Right. So overall, it looks cleaner. You can see the highlights. Interestingly, from just those couple sentences, our brand script, uh, people, when they call us, will say, you know that part on your website 
where you say, I know what it's like to be in a fog about your investments. That's me. <laughs> so they yeah. really identify with that. And, you know, it's one thing in theory. You can say, oh, yeah, that makes sense. But when people are calling you and saying, that's what resonated. I felt like you know me. Yeah. Uh, that was a huge shift. Mm. But, well, I mean, it's beautiful. I'm looking at your website now, beaconwealth.com. You guys have done a fantastic job. The images come from the success bucket. I know, you know, we talk about passing the grunt test within five seconds of going to a website. What do you, you have to answer these three questions. What do you offer? How's it going to make my life better? And what do I need to do to buy it? All three of those questions are answered on your website. And so it's no wonder that you guys, because you already had such a fantastic business. You already had such a fantastic service. You're really helping your clients out. They're not having to feel guilty or mysterious or, or going to some sort of mystery about their investments. Uh, and they're also seeing a return on their investments and being able to retire early and all these kinds of things that we would want from our financial advisor. But you made it super clear. Tell me the difference, the before and after difference between clarifying and simplifying your message and before. Okay, well, that we actually hear from people now is a big difference. <laughs> your phone rings. <laughs> <laughs> that, so, that would be um, a good start to a business. And, and you know what? It's not just a quantity. It is the quality of the clients. And when I say quality, I mean that they're already a good match for us. Yeah. So, they, you know, they've already said, okay, these people have what I want. So there's a good match. We're getting phone calls. We've gotten a couple of very big prospects mm. uh, from the website and clients, you know, to become clients. So it just said to me, okay, this is what's resonating with people and allows them to take action. So, you know, we do have the request a meeting button. We yep. then, you know, went to the, we have to get a special report, which is like a five page version of what we offer. And then, this year, I actually wrote a book about how I learned about biblical investing and how it impacted me, which is a longer version of how do you learn more. And I used that page, the worksheet page of StoryBrand and how to tell a story. <laughs> to and write the book? So we can, yes. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, I did. And to progress people through, and interestingly, and I've said this to you before, you know, you can use it in so many different ways, this process when I'm writing the book, which I'm telling my own life story, which will never be a movie, but I use that process and people say to me, I couldn't put it down. I wanted to hear what happened mm, next. Yep. Yep. You know, so there's so many ways you can incorporate the story brand process into all kinds of communicating that you're doing. It's not just for your website. Well, Cassie, I'm just so proud of you guys. We're big fans of Beacon Wealth. Obviously, you've got a great service. We love the success story. Our favorite kinds of clients are people who have great businesses. They get great surveys from their customers. They have a great product. All they need to do is tweak their messaging a little bit, clarify their communication, and people can finally see them and understand what role they play in their lives. That's what's happened to you guys. You deserve all the success. Anything else we can do to help you, just let us know. But I think we can all learn something from you. We can all go to our website and say, hey, am I using way too many words here? Uh, we can all go to our website and say, are my calls to action extremely clear? Is it obvious that these people want to do business with me and they're telling me how to do business? In other words, put a buy now button on your website or request a meeting. Uh, also, you put your transitional calls to action. This is story brand talk. You'll understand if you come to the workshop. But you took your transitional calls to action. You put all the information that you bombard people with 
on the second, third, and fourth date rather than that first date. So when they go to your website, you're not bombarding them with information. They can opt in for that information if they want to learn more. You put the information in order, in an order where people can on-ramp and get to know you a little bit slower, and it just makes all the difference in the world. It's no wonder you guys are seeing so much success. Uh, Listen, if you want to know more about what Cassie is doing, if you want your investments to be aligned with your values, go to beaconwealth.com. We love these guys. They are not a sponsor of this podcast. We just love what they're doing. And of course, we love the success they've seen after they clarified their message. Cassie, thank you so much for being on the show. Well, thanks so much for having me. If you would like to clarify your message, I've got a free resource for you. Go to 5minutemarketingmakeover.com. If you have not watched these three five-minute videos about clarifying your message, you are likely confusing your customer and it's costing you sales. It's easy and it's free. 5minutemarketingmakeover.com. Either spell it out or use the number. doesn't matter. Music from this episode is from the album Black Bear by Andrew Bell, which you can listen to on Spotify or download on iTunes. This podcast exists to help you clarify your message and grow your business. On behalf of the StoryBrand team, thank you so much for listening.